0: On? Yes, 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 yes. Good morning. I want to apologize in advance for my voice. I've been struggling a bit through this week with throat and voice and everything, but I trust that we will hear God's voice this morning, regardless of what my voice sounds like. I am so excited about this morning. We are in our final week of the series and I remember when I first heard that we're doing a series about um, how to live like Jesus, being all in, the excitement I felt to learn more about how to live all in for Jesus, to live all in for the God that is, was and is all in for us. Doesn't that excite you? Don't, you? don't you get excited about the idea of living all in for Jesus? So, we've looked at a command from Jesus throughout the week. I'd like to, or through the weeks that we've been doing this series, I'd like to read it for us from Matthew 16, verse 24 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? This command doesn't mean that much if we don't understand the whole concept. Living all in for Jesus, we need to look at what it means. What it means to then... Go out and talk about Jesus. I believe that God this morning, He's invited us in His family to equip us to be able to go out and to invite other people to be part of God's family. A lot of the times we think it's pastors, it's church staff, it's people that evangelists that go out into missions that they are the ones spreading the gospel and it does happen the gospel does get spread in missions but this morning I want my hope is that I'll be able to show you that we need to live as though we are on a mission every day we are not just spreading the gospel when we're in a different country in a different province speaking to people we don't know every single day when we start our day We need to live as though we're living on a mission. I'd like to pray for us. Father, thank you for this time together. Father, thank you that we can look at your word and dig deep and just trust that you will speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, Father, and come and challenge us. come and change us. Thank you that you love us so much, and thank you that you are so faithful in everything you do. Amen. So to help me frame the sermon this morning, I'd like to talk about the Great Commission and exactly what it means to be given a commission. So firstly, the Great Commission is a term used by Christians And they're referring to the command that Jesus gave his disciples to say, Go out and make disciples in all nations. And it's in the book of Matthew, chapter 28. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In this passage, Jesus is commanding his disciples to go out, to make disciples, to baptize in them in the name in the of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that he has taught them. And then the, secondly, the description... For, It says being given a commission typically means that you are being authorized or assigned to perform a specific task or service for someone else. And with those things in mind, we understand now that when Jesus called us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him by living out the great commission he has called us to. Living on a mission means a lot of things, and one of those things means that we will encounter people that oppose us. And that gets me to my first point. We will encounter hardship. The the reality of following Jesus and spreading the gospel means that we will encounter hardship. And we looked, Glennon um, preached on it, I think in the second week, a lot about taking up our cross, that it's going to be hard to follow him. This, Jesus actually promises us that it's going to be a tough road ahead when we follow him. A couple of weeks ago, I was um, uh, at a ladies' evening, and all the ladies they shared how hard it is for them to be able to admit that they are Christians in their work environment. Every single one around that table said that they find it extremely hard to say that they are believers. And not only do they feel that they might be neglected or not be included in, in the work environment, but they also they really feel that they will be mocked and shamed for For saying that they are believers. We will encounter people that believe that God's way is not the best way. And that's the case for us as well. When we decide to follow Jesus and to use our gifts that he has to go and spread out the gospel. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 10, 16 to 19. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves, Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard; you will be handed over to the local authorities, or local councils, and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Jesus is saying he is sending us out like sheep among wolves. That's hectic. <laughs> That sounds terrible. (laughs) Does that mean that we are going to get devoured? No, it doesn't. But it does mean that the world is going to try its very best to devour you. People don't like to hear messages that challenges their current lifestyles. Jesus didn't even take this, this step further by telling the disciples at what time it will happen to them. They will be whipped. They will be beaten. And then Jesus reveals the ultimate opportunity for them. In front of rulers and unbelievers, they will be able to share God's truth. How often is that in the front of our minds? How often are we looking for opportunities to share God's truth and his gospel with the people around us? It doesn't happen when we are... Um, prophesy or not prophesying, um, out on the streets spreading the gospel, mostly it happens when we have relationship, when we're about building relationship with people around us, that we get the opportunity then to share God's word. That evening at the, uh, where the ladies were all telling that they found it really hard to, to say that they believe, one of the ladies' answer to one of the questions was, the Holy Spirit. And God is so faithful, guys. I remember moments that or people that I've met that I know, they, they, they admit that they're not believers. And I'll have to pray about it for God to open doors, make an opportunity for me to then step in and say, but this, this is the truth. This is God. And he does that. He does that. If we pray about it, God will open a door. Every time that it has happened, the person will say something or something will happen and then I know this is, this is the Holy Spirit and now I'm able to say. But you know what? There is hope because of Jesus. We have an advocate. There's a really well-known verse in the book of Acts that I'd like to share with you. We talked a bit about this uh, Holy Spirit throughout the series. <coughs> Sorry. And here's the initial call that Jesus gives to those who follow him in Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says that we will receive power when we decide to follow Jesus. And then he says, you will be sent out. You don't, you're not sent out alone. I think that's probably a complete waste of time if we think we're going to go and spread the gospel by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit. Right when Jesus made this statement to his disciples, he was on his way back to heaven, and the disciples felt fear. And anxiousness about how will they be able to go out into the world and spread his word without him. And that's why Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to have that power to be able to do it. And in Matthew 28, where Jesus speaks about the Great Commission, at the end of the verse, he says, And surely I am with you always to the ends of the earth. We do not have to do it by ourselves. We do not have the power, but God has the power, and God lives within us. God's Spirit is within us when we decide to follow Him. And earlier in the series, we spoke about the Holy Spirit coming and um, rebuking us and challenging us the way we think and the way we, uh, we, um, our hearts work, so that God can open, uh, open doors and show us the way to the eternal life. But the role of the Holy Spirit also includes being more than that. It goes beyond our comfort zone, beyond to what we are used to. Jesus calls the Spirit the comforter. In John 14 verse 26 from King James Version, it says, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. So if we have the comforter inside of us, we can step out of our comfort zone. We can step out and trust him to do his will. We had the privilege of um, uh, visiting friends in the Netherlands a couple of weeks ago. And we know that they ride bicycles. That's their main form of transport. And uh, the friends got us um, uh, seats for the kids to sit at the back of the bicycle so we would be ready to go. I know how to ride a bicycle, so I didn't even think about it. You just get on the bicycle and you go. But number one... I've never um, had my son at the back of the bicycle, which does make a difference, a 10, 10 to 12K difference. Um, they have three roads. There's a road for the cars, there's a road for the bicycles, and then there's a road for pedestrians. The robots has a light for the vehicles, a light for the bicycles, and a light for the pedestrians. They drive on the right side of the road not the wrong side, the right side of the road. So they they keep right, pass left. We pass left, keep right. So now I'm driving the bicycle, but I want to steer left because I'm a South African, and that's how my brain works. So it was a mission. (laughs) If I had the opportunity in the beginning of saying I'd rather not drive the bicycle, I probably would have taken it, but it wasn't another option. We had to if you want to get to point A to point B. So, um, I was completely out of my comfort zone. It was very, very, I was anxious and it made me, I felt like I want to describe driving a bicycle in the Netherlands as an extreme sport. That's what I wanted to say. I've done an extreme sport. I've, I've dr- driven a bicycle in the Netherlands, because it's, it's like our peak hour traffic, but with bicycles, and with cars, and with people. <laughs> and you had to um, indicate as well, so you, um, with your hands. So, but now I'm already like, really focused on just keeping to where I am and not falling off. So I did like this. <laughs> My husband. <laughs> My husband said I had my little indicator by myself because I just did this and then I came back <laughs> instead of just holding. And, and then um, I remember the one morning, we were there for two or three days. I was still like, getting quite anxious to get on the bicycle. Um, I saw a lady coming up. She uh, had a toddler on his own bicycle. She was on the bicycle. She had a baby at the back of her bicycle. She was wearing a dress and high heels. And then I realized... <laughs> I have to man up and, <laughs> and do this. I can do this. If she can do this, I can do this. So, but the point to telling you this story is that I was completely out of my comfort zone. It's, it was something that I have never done before. There's a lot of stuff happening all at once, and I'm trying to focus, not like driving to someone, trying to have my son stay on the bicycle, have me stay on the bicycle. I was so out of my comfort zone, yet it was amazing. It was so good, I've, it was such, I felt such joy of being able to do it, and we had so much fun as a family going out our, our days and just experiencing so much things, and I would have completely missed that if I would have said, no, this is too difficult, or no, I don't feel comfortable. And that is what is true for us as well in our spiritual lives. We need to step out of our comfort zones. We need to get out there and experience the joy of living for Jesus all in. We miss that if we don't. We sometimes stay seated and we're expecting God to move us in a direction. But he wants us to play a role in in that as well. He wants us to put one step in front of the other. And the more we do it, the easier it gets. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, In their hearts, human plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I am a big planner. <laughs> if you know me, you know I like to plan. I like have to have lists and make sure I know what to expect and where to go. So, I did a devotional not too long ago called A God Honoring Approach to Planning. And God doesn't have a problem with us making plans, but He wants us to be open for Him to root our ways. He wants us to be open for Him to guide us as we're pursuing our plans. And as we do that, I really believe that God will place people in our, in our lives, people that we need to show the Holy Spirit to, to show God's word to. And not just from what we say, but from our actions, what we do. And that gets me to our last point. It comes down to love. There are so many statements that we looked out looked at throughout this series from Jesus, and I don't want to um, rank them in any way, but I want to um, talk to you about one powerful one this morning. In John 13, Jesus had just washed his disciples' feet. It was an act of humility, and it was a model for the disciples to follow as they go out into the world. And then Jesus makes a statement just a couple of verses down after after Judas has left so it was to his 11 disciples. Excuse me. In John 13, verse 35, it says, he says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. It's so interesting for me, Jesus as, as a teacher himself, He didn't tell the disciples people will know you're disciples if you go and preach the gospel. That's not what he said. He said that by the way that you're loving one another, that is how the world will know that you are my disciples. So my goal this morning isn't to make you feel upset or discouraged by the fact that the world wants to devour us. But I want us to feel heartbroken for the things of this world, the things that breaks God's heart, if we have that mindset in mind, it's going to be so easy for us to love people and to love the people that he's placing in our, on our paths. The reality is that Jesus wants to see us his people loving one another here on earth. That is what draws people towards Christ. It's nothing flashy. It's nothing fancy. It's us loving His people. The Book of Acts give us a, gives us a model for this. Acts verse uh, four, verse thirty-two says, "All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that they." that any of their possessions was theirs, their own, but they shared everything they had. The earliest disciples and apostles knew what this meant. They looked past the minor issues, and they decided to focus on the big stuff. We serve the same God. We, want, we all want to follow Jesus. We all want to see the world accept Him as Lord and Savior. So we need to do that in unity. We need to do that by loving one another. I wonder what it would look like if we had that mindset every single day. What if we accepted the commission? What if we lived it out? What if we loved people around us and just saw that as our God equips us to do the work of his kingdom here on earth. We just need to step out and do it. We just need to step out in faith and trust him and go for it. Get out of your comfort zone. Can I ask you to stand with me? Jesus invites us all to be part of his story. He wants us to play a role in his story that he's writing. He wants us to be actively participating in his plans and his purpose, seeing his kingdom come here on earth. Spreading the gospel, praying for sick, trusting God for breakthrough. And he's given us a guide. He's given us a comfort to the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And we can do anything because of him that lives within us. All we have to do is step out and say, yes, Jesus. Here I am. Yes. Getting out of my comfort zone. Yes, I'm phoning that friend. Yes, I'm talking to that person. Yes, I'm trusting you for breakthrough in that situation, for me to be able to share what what your truth is. So I want to ask you this morning, are you ready to be all in? Are we saying yes to Jesus this morning, saying yes, I'm all in for you? I'm all in to live the commands you have given me to go on that mission as I step out of my house, in my house, outside my house, in my garden, as I walk to shops or to work or wherever I'm going. Yes, Jesus, I'm living for you. And I want to see your kingdom come. Father, thank you that your word keeps on saying that we are never alone. Father, thank you that we can step out. We can step out of our comfort zones and trust you, Jesus. Thank you that you're equipping us, that you've equipped us to go out and see your kingdom come. Father, I pray this morning for courage for every single person here. Father, I pray that we will be stirred with a a hunger and a fire for you father that we will go out and spread that because of who you are we want to see your kingdom here on earth father we want to do your will help us to do that help us to step out and be all in amen thank you so much for joining us this morning if there's anyone that like pray for anything for more courage to step out for anything anything at all please come forward we will be hanging around to pretty-